Hello again, and welcome to the daily podcast from Radio Free Oz. I'm your host, Peter Bergman, and today is Thursday, August 12th, 2011. We've made it through another day. Remember, the motto of this show is we're going to get through this together. And if you don't think that's going to be a long, interesting, but difficult slog, buddy, then everything you know is wrong. Mitt Romney, with the rest of the GOP hopefuls, is in Iowa. Mr. Flyover was uh, surrounded by hay bales and talking to a group of people about why America's in such difficult times. And then he brought up the the concept of corporations and how helpful they are. And uh, he got asked uh, some serious questions about them. And finally, he had to define his idea of what corporations actually are. Here's Mitt in his own words. One is we could raise taxes on people. That's not the way... Corporations! Corporations are people, my friend. We can raise taxes on... Of course they are. Everything corporations earn ultimately goes to people. So... Where do you think it goes? Whose pockets? Whose pockets? People's pockets. Okay, human beings, my friends. Ain't it grand? I just love to hear Mitt Romney being heckled out there in the flyover. But he is right. Corporations are people, according to American law. Corporation, corpus. They're a body. They have the standing of an individual before the courts. And you know the good thing about corporations for people who own them, you know, the stockholders like the cells and the parts of the body, they have limited liability. Corporation goes and poisons things and kills birds and does all sorts of other nefarious stuff and nothing much happens to the people that own them shares. Well, uh, Romney then went on that evening to the the debate and uh, he got asked a really tricky question, which I think is going to follow him through the campaign. Here's what it sounded like. As head of Bain Capital, you acquired American patent paper. Two U.S. plants were closed and 385 jobs were cut. Later, you bought Dade International. Almost 2,000 workers were laid off or relocated. And when you were governor, Massachusetts ranked 47th of the 50 states in job growth. Question. You are going to be the jobs president? Uh Uh-huh. Hello, Mr. Jobs President. Rick Goodhair Perry, of course, can brag about all the jobs he's brought into Texas. A lot of openings there because he's killing people all the time. It was some debate. My favorite spot, though, during the whole evening is when Michelle Bachman stood up for our fundamental rights as human beings and citizens of the United States. I introduced the Light Bulb Freedom of Choice Act so people could all purchase the light bulb of their choice. It was not, according to most commentators, a good night for the Republicans. First read, that's uh, the NBC site, says, It's pretty obvious to say that Rick Perry has to feel good after last night's GOP presidential debate here. And it's obvious that Mitt Romney emerged unscathed. But our biggest takeaway from the debate, it wasn't a good night for the entire Republican Party, especially since it was such an opportunity for the party, as this debate took place in the midst of what happens to be President Obama's worst week in the White House. Team Obama could not have asked for a better visual than every single GOP candidate raising their hand saying they'd refuse to support a debt deal that had a 10 to 1 ratio of spending cuts to tax increases. What's more, the highlights of the debate were about them attacking each other than criticizing the president. 
We have now officially moved from the stage of the GOP presidential cycle where they're attacking Obama to the stage where they're attacking each other. And this is one of the reasons why defeating a sitting president who isn't facing a primary challenge isn't easy, even in an economy like this one. Think about it. Given the opportunity to pass a deficit reduction bill that would cut $10 in program spending for every dollar in revenue raising, and they all raise their hands like a bunch of members of a kept student consul and voted no. Oh, that one is going to haunt them. Well, it appears that the GOP is finally going to pay for being such obstructionist buttholes. Yes, it appears the Democrats are back on top. Americans are swinging back to the party they just kicked out of the House, according to a new Gallup poll and a poll by Daily Koss. Both polls show Democrats taking the lead in the generic congressional ballot, a metric showing who voters generally feel they want to control the House and Senate. Gallup consistently measures it, and Democrats held a healthy lead through 2007 to the end of 2009 when the GOP started making gains and eventually led. The Republican high-water mark was around election time in 2010, but it didn't last very long. Early into 2011, Democrats surpassed them again the data shows, and they opened up a lead. The newest rating is a 51% in favor of the Democrats and 44% for the Republicans. That is a real switcheroo. Gallup identified a possible reason for the drop in support for the GOPers. From the report, it says that they asked registered voters how a Tea Party endorsement would affect their likelihood of voting for a congressional candidate. The effect is nearly two to one negativo with 42% saying they would be less likely to vote for such a candidate versus 23% saying they would be more likely. There goes the Tea Party heft. About a third say it would make no difference or are unsure. Now, the Daily Cost poll showed similar results in a national poll conducted from August 4th to the 7th. That poll showed a 47-40 break for Democrats, including a slight advantage with independent voters, 39 to 36. That is a real turnaround, and it does presage a sea change in 2012, particularly since it's obvious that the Republicans are not going to change their stripes, nor are they going to show any sympathy for the stripes they have laid upon the backs of the poor and the needy. We all know there's a special kind of woman who likes the smell of crud light on a real man's breath. But some fillies want a little more. That's why we're introducing Crud Light Smoky Slim. It's got the same denatured natural taste of Crud Light with a hint of stale ciggies and almost digested Slim Jims. Now you've got the breath that'll turn on that blonde with the bottle slumped next to you at the bar. Give her a poke and party on, partner, till the crud light runs out or your liver shuts down. Crud light is an unregulated dye product of Alzheimer's Brewery, Rehab, Colorado. Do you think this turnaround on opinions about Obama or the Democrats may be based on the fact that people are finally figuring out that Obama's the only guy that's got his head screwed on nice and tight? amongst the so-called leaders that he confronts day after day? 
Well, Fareed Zakaria says, Obama passed a large stimulus package within weeks of taking office. Perhaps it should have been bigger, but despite a Democratic House and Senate, it passed by just one vote. He signed into law an unprecedented expansion of regulations in the financial services industry, the one that does not break up the large banks. He enacted universal health care through a complex program modeled after Mitt Romney's plan in Massachusetts, and he advocated a balanced approach to deficit reduction that combines tax increases with spending cuts. Is all this dangerous weakness, incoherence, and appeasement, or is it just common sense? I think that's the judgment whose fair head is rising above the political horizon. Every once in a while when I'm out there trolling the woe, I come across something totally positive. In a potential breakthrough in cancer research, scientists at the University of Pennsylvania have genetically engineered patients' T-cells, a type of white blood cell, to attack cancer cells in advanced cases of a common type of leukemia. How about that? Two of the three patients who received doses of the designer T-cells in an official trial have remained cancer-free for more than a year, the researchers said. Experts not connected with the trial said the feat was important because it suggested that T-cells could be tweaked to kill a range of cancers, including ones of the blood, breast, and colon. This is amazing. Science is amazing. This is a huge accomplishment. Huge, said Dr. Lee M. Nadler, Dean for Clinical and Translational Research at Harvard Medical School, who discovered the molecule on cancer cells that the Pennsylvania team's engineered T-cells target. Findings of the trials were reported just a couple of days ago in two major journals. To build the cancer-attacking cells, the researchers modified a virus to carry instructions for making a molecule that binds with leukemia cells and directs T-cells to kill them. Hey, over here, here, kill me! Then they drew blood from three patients who suffered from chronic lymphocytic leukemia and infected their T-cells with the virus. When they infused the blood back into the patients, the engineered T-cells successfully eradicated cancer cells, multiplied to more than a thousand times in number, and survived for months. They even produced dormant memory T-cells that might spring back to life if the cancer were to return. On average, the team calculated such engineered T-cells eradicated at least 1,000 cancer cells, and they used a virus to do it. Viruses not yet explained by science. They're half alive. They're parasites that require the host's RNA to replicate. And normally, they're a real problem. And here, they're being used to cure cancer. Hey, ain't life surprising and great? And if you don't think so, well then, everything you know is wrong.